0: This is the burger-loving badass, Chuck Stone, and you're listening to Wrestling Cheers.
1: Taking your way in the world today, takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries.
2: And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you're all elite. This is Wrestling Cheers. We'd like to talk about things on the Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is a review of AIW's Is This Something You Might Be Interested In. I'm your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by the Trending Topics Network and Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Your evidence says fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, and Podbean .podbean WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers. Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers. Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email, if you so choose a desire, WrestlingCheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at Maneuver. Like I said, this is a review of AIWs. Is this something you might be interested in? And it's fun to now talk about another AIW show that's not Go For Broke. Two weeks in a row, a bonus episode here for you here early in the week. And I did want to have some different people on, especially from last week and everybody have on Go For Broke, but things kind of lined up perfectly. And uh, Stacy, you're uh, back again. I'm back again. Yeah, how's it going, man? It's going good. I, I love having you on, and apparently the listeners do too.
3: I so you said. I don't think I have any effect on that. I think it was probably the AIW had shows <laughs> back, but if you say it's me, I guess I have to go with it. I don't know
2: uh, what Stacey's referring to. I told him off air that last week's episode where we reviewed AIW Hello Cleveland became the most downloaded episode of the year, and the episode that it bumped. As most downloaded episode of the year is the QA episode I did with Stacy. So Stacy is on the highest download episodes of this year so far. We're hoping for three in a row, and hopefully this can maybe even bump Hello Cleveland. We'll see. I mean, you could be right. Every people love you loves talking about AIW. And this was a pretty big show. In fact, we're not the only people to cover it. You're going to find on your podcast platforms of choice, you also find IWTV guide friends of ours. And they talked about this show this particular week and also other friends of ours at Odds with the Wrestling also talked about this a couple of weeks ago. So this has got a lot of people talking for for obvious reasons, but we also have returning. I think it's close to a year. We got Rick Nelson.
0: Hey, how are you?
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, been a while for you, too.
0: I feel like it's been probably for a lot of people, one of the longest year to year and a half they've ever experienced. And uh, we're, I know the three of us are all on board with that as well.
2: As, as I've been telling people, uh, 2020 was the longest decade of my life. <laughs>
0: yeah. And, yeah, and just... I think St- Stacy Silver is with the, uh, you know, the most podcast downloads. Um, Stacy, you did, we were talking about this beforehand, the new business that you started, which is uh, where you purchased a thousand iPhones and <laughs> 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 to, to artificially inflate numbers. Rick, it's a private conversation. Oh, so I'm, I'm, t- I'm terribly sorry. Terribly sorry. If
3: anybody needs to buy an iPhone, though.
2: <laughs> no Androids. Fuck them.
0: No, no. More <laughs>
3: investments. Don't hold value.
2: All right, guys. AIW, is this something you might be interested in? Myself, Stacy, obviously, we covered it, uh, reviewed it last week, talking about Hello Cleveland. So we were also coming in from actually seeing that show, Rick, you were not at that show. Did you watch it, uh, streaming or, or what was uh, your situation for that?
0: I got in late on the stream, but I did get to watch, uh, the whole show. Uh, the one thing that the crowd, the crowd was great. The crowd was on fire, you know, it was a Thursday night in Cleveland and, you know, just for everybody was just so, relieved isn't the word, but just so happy to see everybody back. I was, I was sorry that I couldn't be there, but by the time I, you know, got everything done, got out of work and got home, I was already, you know, I was already partway in the stream when I caught it.
2: It was, it was great to see people back. And I, even between both shows, I found myself, you know, jumping from person to person, going to uh, merch tables and everything, just kind of like talking to people and even, you know, as I'm like talking to Pat about something, another friend like tapped me on my shoulder and I just like, I gave him like, hold on a second. And then I looked like who it was. I'm like, Oh shit. Like that turned into like another conversation. And it just, it's that thing that we we have here with AIW. And it's something like, you know, wrestling cheers was built on, you know, everybody knows your name. It's like, it is like going to a bar and like seeing a lot of your friends and, and, and all that kind of your, the social camaraderie that we get. So having it like two days in a row uh, for the first time since jlit 2019 was uh was awesome to be a part of and uh let's let's get into some of the the breakdowns of this actually before we do that how did you guys feel coming into the show and what did you think about the show as a whole before we get into like all the all the breakdowns i want to start with rick
0: um i had no expectations it's very weird when you have the um you know the mystery show for just the you know the card um i have not I've gone back and forth, forth with uh, Mr. Goldstein for probably a year to a year and a half now because the family and I, we were real apprehensive to go do anything, to be anywhere. Uh, one of the reasons I didn't make the trip to um, Indianapolis to start with was just you know the whole COVID thing and this, that, and the other thing. So the ODN is, is has been for a while, has been our home. So it's a very odd feeling to go to some place that you know and you recognize, and you know, like you just said, everybody knows your name, you know, everybody, and you know where they're going to sit, but have it feel different, um, until you walked in the door and then everything felt, you know, the, the same way that it always has, you know, probably a little bit better because, uh, you know, even people that I wasn't really enormously psyched to see, I was like, you know, Hey, there's that guy and this guy and this guy and this guy, but the mystery card, of uh, just not knowing what was going to happen. And, you know, all the, shenanigans that we got later on in the night everything was just uh everything was perfect how about you Stacey? well man you know
3: so i had been there the night before and i can say the crowd did seem a little bit different friday than it did thursday i think there were some people who because of like things like work and stuff weren't there the day before that were on the friday show uh but i'm i agree with rick it's like the the thing where like you get to see a bunch of people that you haven't seen for a very long time. Uh, it's it was just it was a good feeling all around, man. Like there was there was a definite like vibe in the air of like, ah, this is this is back. This is a thing. It's like a piece of the puzzle of having like things return to some sense of normalcy. And like having an AIW show in the Odeon is a big part of that, at least for me.
2: I know for me coming into this, I thought Hello Cleveland was a damn near perfect show. Like, even when we talked about it, yeah, there was one match. I was like, yeah, that was questionable. But at the same time, it, it fit what it was. So I I thoroughly enjoyed that show back. So I was like, okay, where are we going to go with this? And as a whole, like, I like the whole card, too. I don't know if I want to say it's better or not. I'm like, I'm going to say they're at least in the same ballpark for me. I had a lot of fun. There are a lot of great ups, a lot of great downs. There's one match on this card though that left a bad taste in my mouth and it's only for a reason we'll get to, and it's not even that bad, because it actually turned out to be a good thing. And like as far as you know mystery cards go, as someone who covers AIW for, you know, a podcast form and do previews reviews, I have a love hate relationship with them because as a fan, I love them. But if I'm gonna do a preview, I can't preview a show with we don't know any matches because there's literally nothing to talk about. We can speculate all we want, but especially when we don't know who's going to be there, I, I got nothing. But luckily with go for broke, and we already have those episodes coming out, which in a way they're mystery cards, but you know, we're just producing a week after weeks, so it's review, 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 review. I didn't feel like I needed to do a preview for this kind of card. I think we might've mentioned it, that it was coming up and everything and how, Hey, we don't know everything, blah, 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 blah. So if they, they come back, having more mystery cards, you know, I'm going to be fine with it. But I know, like, like I said, it's a love hate as a fan, love it as a podcaster who likes previewing the shows because I know people love, you know, getting amped up, listening to the previews before uh, as they're going to the show. The fact that I can't do those do kind of suck or I have to come up with something. I mean, me and Pat did do an hour episode and we had only one match to talk about. And that was fucking Joey Janelle's match. That was it. We did it, but it, it wasn't wasn't the easiest thing in the fucking world
3: but yeah i don't know man i like the surprise shows i uh, to me every aiw show uh, for the future until there's like something big right so like if if they did every show that wasn't like gauntlet jay absolution uh hell on earth and Russell rager if please let Russell rager still be a thing uh if every other show like regular Odeon shows the gimmick was that it's always a mystery card i would be 100 percent down with that
2: i mean like i said as a fan i love them but as someone who covers aiw for this podcast like doing a preview on a match i mean on a card that i know nothing about is damn near impossible sure i get that but like yeah as a fan the joey janela show both these shows it's like okay who's coming out first and when they come out it's like okay now who's coming out next and it leads to so much, you know, just fun anticipation. Let's let's get into this card because there were technically eleven matches on this card, and also that also includes a match that, or two matches that were basically one match. But we'll get to all those. Let's start with uh, there was actually two dark matches, unlike the one dark match of Hello Cleveland. We started off with well, I guess Mister Dark Match in A I W, Ethan Wright versus. Brian Carson, what were your thoughts on this match, Stacy?
3: Uh it was it was a match. Um it let, I you know, Carson, I don't know that when the last time Carson was on uh a, a AIW OD show. It, dark match, it's been a while. I feel like the last time I saw Carson on an AIW show was maybe either a Rager or like in Menor. Like he's been on UXWA stuff, but so it was good to see Carson get back in the ring. Um Ethan Wright is here he's a wrestler um he's good i mean he's good in ring i just i you know later in this show something happens that i think is very good for him uh and will help advance him uh in aiw and give him something that for me i think he kind of needs because like i don't know just the idea that like i was trained by harley race isn't enough for me to have any investment in someone you know like even to have like heat against him or not like him it's just kind of like Apathy, but he's he's good in ring. He's not a bad wrestler.
2: The answer to that question of the last Odeon show that Brian Carson was on, it was the Chandler biggins Memorial Tag Team Tournament.
3: Wow! So him and Dan.
2: Uh, he was in a non-tournament match. Him, Doctor Daniel C. Rockingham, Parker Pierce, and Tim Donz versus Arthur McArthur, Chuck Stone, Eric Taylor, and Mikey Montgomery.
3: Oh wow! I remember that match. Yeah.
2: So that was the last uh, ODN AIW. Actually, I was going to say uh, I was looking at it wrong. Oh, no. Yeah, that is the last AIW match of him, period, before all this, because Wrestle Rave was the only other 2019 AIW match from him. Oh, wow.
3: So, yeah, there you go. So it's good to have Carson back in the ring.
2: What were your thoughts?
3: Seems, seems like it was due.
2: <laughs> what were your thoughts on the match, uh, Rick?
0: This, this was indeed a match that did happen. Um, Stacy was there and I was there and Summers was there and the match happened. Uh, I spent most of the match at the bar buying drinks for people. And when I turned around, uh, Brian Carson was very bloody and that's really all that I remember. And then Ed and I did Jaeger bumps.
3: So Ed is your fault. I
2: I know now.
0: <laughs> oh, was oh yeah.
2: One. I've just, just one. Yeah. And I think I was there for that one. Yeah. Uh, the... Drunk Ed for this show was <laughs> something that wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah, I got I got nothing else from this match. I mean, the only thing we, we, we really did see that of note was the fact that Brian Carson did uh, get busted open during it. But we saw uh, Ethan Wright win uh, over Brian Carson. So uh, let's get into the next match. And, oh, this should be fun. <laughs> next up, we had Frankie Flynn, Megan Myers, and Razor Sharp versus the debuting Eden von England, Sidney von England, and the Brazilian Giant. Now, I had heard of the von Englands prior to this, so I was, I was expecting them. Obviously, we, we all know Razor Sharp, we all know Frankie Flynn, and I've seen Megan Myers a handful of times before, and of course, she's on Go For Broke. I had no idea who the fuck the Brazilian Giant was, and if you listen to the IW podcast, you do know that that was one of Bill Alfonso's guys. Uh, uh, who do we open the floor with first? Actually, we're going to start with Rick uh, for... Uh, we
0: could do 40... <laughs> we could do 45 minutes on this match alone. Hey, you, let's just scrap the rest of the card and let's just talk about this this match for the next hour. The, the first thing uh, I knew of everybody in the match except for uh, the the Brazilian giant. And the first thing I thought was, um, everyone come see the greatest show. I, I, was, <laughs> um, I the first vibe I got was Golga. It was, am I completely off base on that? But that was the first vibe I got was, was Golga. Um,
2: <laughs> well, hold on, hold on before you be go so any, st- before you go any further, Stacy, give me your reaction on the Brazilian giant. <laughs>
3: So, man, here's my thing. Uh, (laughs) So, when I first saw the Brazilian Giant, I didn't hear that Steven called him the Brazilian Giant. If I did, I might have pieced it together that it was Fonzie's guy, right? So, my first reaction is, holy shit, it's shitty Vader. How did nobody tell me there was somebody trading at AIW with a gimmick of shitty Vader? (laughs) And in a second... When I know the dude's name is the Brazilian giant, I gotta tell you, like, so, like, I lived in Brazil for a little bit, uh, 5'10 doesn't qualify as a giant there either, so that, <laughs> that disclaimer at the beginning that he's the Brazilian giant, no, they got tall people there, too. He's not a giant
0: anywhere, he's just the Brazilian.
2: Alright, Rick, continue.
0: Shitty Vader. Shitty Vader. Maybe, maybe if you had a, a couple of little sparklers that stuck out of the mask and a little... <laughs> spooters that he used to have on the side of the helmet this <laughs> the, the von england's are, are new to us which is which is great I, i'm we were trying to think of how, you know how this this i don't want to say that sometimes matches are just thrown together and sometimes teams are just thrown together you know we know that frankie and megan and, and razor sharp they they all go way back uh but the von england's and the brazilian giant like how did this partnership even come even come together in the first place the, the Vaughn englands have joined us from you know across the pond from the uk to come train in cleveland and the brazilian giant he obviously came from um brazil. florida florida <laughs> wow <Well>, you know <laughs> brazil florida oh i wasn't ready i was not ready i don't think anybody ready for the brazilian giant the brazilian giant I, I, frank I, you know what though no, it's nice to see frankie flyn back Frankie Flynn was uh, with the probably the, the most prominent, reddest, hottest group in the production for uh, what well, was a long period of time. Uh, unfortunately, because of the the sadness that, that ended up happening with, with Magnum's career. But, uh, you know, and Frankie's been kind of, um, what's the word, looking for an identity, you know. So it was nice to see him back in an AIW ring as well. Um outside of gopher broke yeah he's certainly not a wizard God, we're being really being nice aren't we we're really not saying anything about the match but just trying to be polite well well, hold on
2: before we get into that i there's something that i want to say i hope (laughs) i seriously hope we see more of at least frankie flynn and megan myers together because there's something about those two seeing them walk out together I was like ooh this works I don't know why maybe because they're both versions of crazy this fucking works I want it I want it I want it
3: I uh I I hope it's more than just them I have I have heard it suggested and I think it's a great idea that they be sort of an AIW oddities uh, yeah. and I just think that's the best.
2: Do like, they do they need a shitty video?
3: Anything that gets anything that gets Razor Man in more matches, that's thumbs up from me.
0: Yes, Razor, Razor Sharp. Um, do- I did lose voice for the first time before the the main card even started though, screaming for Razor. I gotta um I heard from across the room, I was you know, over checking out the birch and everything. I, I hear from across the room Rick Nelson turn over and Dominic standing there. He says, seven ten. Be in your goddamn seat. <laughs> okay. Apparently it's seven ten. I have to be in my seat. So, I thank uh, Mr. Guarini for the heads up on that one. I would not have wanted to miss the uh, the Razor Sharp entrance.
3: So you're saying Dom made sure you were ready?
0: Oh, he. I. You know, I've seen we've seen Razor Sharp on TV. Razor Sharp has not been successful as of yet on TV. But this was the first time that we've heard the music twice and uh, seen the Razor Man's. Uh, Hand raised. Did you see the giant welt on uh, Miss Von England's face that she caught the? uh, I think it's the side of that field hockey stick, right on the jaw. She had a huge, you know, probably six inch long welt on her face from that one. I did not see that. Razor dropped the touchdown elbow, and I think the golden boot is next.
2: All right, do we open up the can of worms of the bad of this match?
0: I don't know man so like i th- I saw uh Sydney
3: von England wrestle a few weeks ago in michigan he's he's good not a bad wrestler. the von England seem to be good uh Megan Myers is much improved from any time I have seen her uh pre a i w uh you know the Razor man's the razor man <laughs> we all love razor uh
0: there, there, there was there wasn't a lot of time for this match either once everybody got out there, you know you're under that kind of hard gun for 7.30, you know, so they, this was what, six, maybe six, eight minutes tops they went. Maybe. So I, and it's everything a six, was in, everything was in fast forward.
3: Yeah. And it's a six person match. I mean, those kind of get a little cluster fucky anyway.
0: Yeah. And like had to get all his shit in too, you know,
3: <laughs> right. And I'm sure the Brazilian giant had some requests to get his shit in, you know? As you What's do it? as a as a giant, I guess. Did the Brazilian
0: giant do anything? I know he took <laughs> the touchdown elbow. But, you know, God bless him because that thing, I you know, I've never taken the touchdown elbow, but I, men don't, you know, mere mortal men don't walk away from the touchdown elbow. Now he's a giant, so he's not a mere mortal, but you understand?
3: Sure. And I mean, Frankie Flynn is is very unique these days. A wizard? And not a wizard. Certainly not a wizard. Um, but he's. He's got a unique thing going on, you know? Uh and I think he's still feeling it out, but I, I think I think he'll get it there, you know? Uh but yeah, the Brazilian, he was uh he was a surprise for sure. You might not be ready for Razor Sharp, but I certainly wasn't ready for the Brazilian.
0: Everyone come see the
2: greatest show.
3: <laughs> what did you think, Summers?
2: Uh hold on. Uh doing the math from when I tweeted out the beginning and the ends of the matches or the match? It's around nine minutes.
0: Oh, nine minutes.
2: Give or or take for typing everything out, but right around nine minutes. I sent it out the beginning of the match at 716, and I tweeted the result at 725. Yeah, six, eight minutes.
3: You know, this isn't something I was able to go back and watch either, so the details of it are a little fuzzy, like fuzzier to me than the stuff that was on the real card. I do remember that uh, field hockey stick or whatever it was. Somebody like, didn't the Brazilian get planted with that thing
0: too? Uh, that probably was right before the, right before the, the razor sharp touchdown elbow finish. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, he's a giant. So it takes a little bit extra to him <laughs> down. Yeah, for it,
2: sure. Uh, Cause that's when the Von England's left. Yes. I mean, for me it was, I mean, obviously the Brazilian giant just didn't seem to fit. I think as a whole, like and I'm not someone who critiques a lot of wrestling, but there's a lot of timing of certain things off. And there there were parts that it at least felt like to me that some of the participants didn't know what the fuck was going on.
3: I'm just sad that I couldn't get that shitty Vader chant going. Okay. <laughs> I,
0: wonder, I wonder if the Brazilian giant Maybe it was a language problem. I mean, being from Brazil, maybe English was not his first language.
3: That might be. He might have spoke Portuguese. Had I known that he was the Brazilian, I could have translated. But
0: Yes. How long have we spent on this now? Too long?
3: (laughs) Almost (laughs) as long as the match, it seems.
2: And like I I know the Von Englands are newer, even like, yeah, they're newer in AIW. Just got here, I think, around the beginning of this year. But I think wrestling-wise, we're talking just a handful of years in wrestling total. So, like, I, I kind of knew what to expect from them. I knew what to expect from everybody else. I just think with the Brazilian Giant, it did, it seemed off. And Razor Sharp's not necessarily the most uh, established and, you know, well-rounded wrestler and someone who wrestles a lot. So, I don't know with a lot of his timing being off, but it's just – if this was on IWTV –
3: I'm not going to be able to listen to you talk shitty on Razor's skills, my friend. Yeah, yeah,
0: you know what? Listen – Jealousy is going to get you nowhere. Jealousy (laughs) is going to get you nowhere.
2: I'm Ring general. (laughs) I love Razor Sharp, but uh, I I could read the resume pretty easily. I mean, it is what it is, but I love
0: Razor. Well, then you'll know that he was in the Continental title tournament. He was in the finals and did lose to Pat Patterson, but he made it through the previous uh, seven rounds because it was a 128-man tournament. Tactician. (laughs) <laughs> practitioner general you are not ready
2: uh it was uh i believe megan myers getting the win for her frankie flynn and razor sharp yeah i hope i see more uh of megan myers frankie flynn yeah it could be more people but give me those two i think it works and i think it works great
3: i want to see more von england's i don't think we've seen enough of the von england's i want to see what they're able to do in a match with like not a brazilian in it
2: oh fuck yeah (laughs) i'd love to see them make it onto uh main card let's move into the actual show we started things off with levi everett versus kaplan i think i i think i filed this under uh, matches i didn't know i wanted god this is great let's start with stacy what do you think about it
3: i mean come on man kaplan versus levi so good From the very beginning, Kaplan breaks the fucking butter churn. (laughs) It's great. It's it's got unintentional comedy. It's got lots of fucking brutal hits. It's just the best. And like Levi going back to like the collective, not this one that just happened in Florida, but the Indiana collective has been like a little more fired up, like a little more hard hitting Levi Everett than he was before. And uh, him versus Kaplan was just like a real nice mesh of that shit. I loved it, man. This was this was like a hot six-minute match. It was fucking good. I loved it. Just lots of hard-hitting, two kind of bigger dudes just beating the shit out of each other. It's perfect.
2: What do you think about it, Rick?
0: You know, one of the best things about AIW is um, you guys were both there on Thursday night. Who did Kaplan wrestle on Thursday night?
2: Justice.
0: Matt Justice. Friday night, he he wrestles Levi Everett. I'm gonna give you an exercise. Name two wrestlers that are more opposite than Matt Justice and Levi Everett. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much, exactly. You can't think anybody <clears throat> off the top of your head. RJ's Friday night are- he's wrestling Matt Justice. Friday night he's wrestling Levi Everett, and that's why one we love the mystery cards, and two that's why we keep that's one of the reasons we keep going back because it doesn't matter if you got Matt Justice. And Kaplan, you got Kaplan and Levi Everett. They were both entertaining as hell in their own ways. Um, you know, a lot less broken on Friday night as opposed to Thursday night. But the butter churn and Kaplan just looking at the butter churn, um, like you know the way a cow looks at an oncoming train, where he just didn't. I don't really what what the hell is this? What is this guy doing? And then the churn chant gets going. Hell, for you know, if you told me what two or three years ago that uh, one of the guys that would be the quickest to get over was an Amish guy with a butter churn. I might have believed you, but, you know, every time we see Levi Everett, Levi Everett is over.
3: Dude, I still have my dream. I See, it's not surprising to me that an Amish guy got over because my favorite ECW guy is Roadkill.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I concur. Yeah.
3: So for me, Levi getting over makes perfect sense. I just still have my dream, and I wish Roadkill wasn't so opposed to, to being involved in wrestling heavily still, because I just need that moment of Levi and Roadkill at the same place at the same time, or like you know, as like a third man and a team with him and Danny Doring or something. Just anything like to get Doring and Roadkill and Levi all in the same place at the same time. It just seems like a thing that needs to happen
0: for everything to be right in the world. In the middle of the ring, doing a mirror spot between the two of them
3: yeah and just have everybody chant you fuck sheep and levi not like his his innocent <laughs> amish ears not understand it but roadkill be very excited about it yeah i need that
2: would rj city and nick gage be good polar opposites
3: yeah that's uh that was a pretty opposite that's
2: yeah fucking it's great to see uh kaplan coming back In between go for broken these two shows just absolutely fantastic and then you know obviously uh he was a guest last week on uh, Pod Van Dam, which was...
3: 2021, you're a Kaplan, baby.
2: It's looking like that. Uh, what would Jesus do for a Klondike bar?
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, this uh, this match was fun. Uh, any other thoughts?
0: I like the adjustment that Kaplan's made to the uh, split-legged moonsault. So the chances of necking himself have been greatly reduced, as now he, uh, he comes off in that split and kind of does the roll thing. Uh, it reminds me, reminded me of when Daniel Bryan stopped landing on his back and his, he would do those, uh, you know, the flying knee kicks or whatever in the corner. But uh, a little, just that little adjustment to make things still looks just terrifying when he does it. But uh, at least I know he's not going to die.
2: All right, it was uh, Kaplan getting the win over Levi. Let's move on to the next match. We started off with bulking season come out, Arthur MacArthur and Chuck Stone, and then. Two mask dudes that we didn't know anything about. They were called 9 to 5. It was the aggravated accountant and the bitter banker. This was the match that left kind of a bad taste in my mouth. And it's perfectly fine. But it was the main fact of I had no idea who these two were. And that really made me question everything. The match went on longer than I thought it was going to. And only because like we didn't know who these two dudes were. And then, I mean, granted, I don't normally do this, but, like, they won. And I was like, what? What the fuck? Who were these two dudes? But we'll get to the reveal, which it helped it make sense. But literally, the according to Cage Match, the 10 minutes, 42 seconds I had of awkwardness kind of just really fucked me up a little bit. But before we get into all that of who 9 to 5 was, what did you guys think about the match? This time, start with uh, Stacey.
3: So I gotta correct you uh nine to five came out first, did they yeah their entrance music is awful it's like uh the right to censor music yep. it's just that alarm clock going off uh I was I didn't have the problems with this that you did I guess um like so on go for broke there's been uh, a bunch of new max masked people uh a lot of whom like you might have an idea of who they are. You might not. These two came out with the, you know, the masks on and the, the shirt and tie with the nine to five written on it. And like Ed Battis, as he was taking pictures at ringside told me, he was like, Oh, you know who one of these guys is for sure. And so I spent a lot of the match just trying to figure out who the fuck the guy was that I knew who he was. Um, and I was wrong. I actually thought it was somebody else, but then once the mask came off, I was like, "Oh, well, I guess that makes sense." Uh, but this match didn't—it didn't bother me the way it bothered you. Uh, clearly, I thought—I thought the match was was fine. I really like—I can't say enough about how much Chuck Stone has improved. Chuck Stone is so fucking good. Charles Hamburger, dude. Charles Hamburger is the fucking best. I like Charles Hamburger.
2: I mean, my issue isn't with the match itself. It was more of just kind of trying to figure out who the fuck these two were and why was it important? I mean, as a whole, like it was that bothered you like in the match. It did because it was just like, who who the fuck are these two? Like I said, and it wasn't exactly like the go for broke matches because those matches were squashes for them. I mean, what? Like under two minutes for almost all of them. But this was going on longer
3: so i'm just trying to wrap my head around why you didn't like it like is it i didn't so the show hold it was a secret no. and then they were a secret so you don't like two secrets i don't i don't
2: you don't like listening because i i didn't say that i didn't like it i just said a let a bad taste in my mouth because i was just trying to figure out who the fuck they were and why it was important never through this whole thing have gotcha. i said i didn't like it i mean especially like how how it was well, re-
3: i don't usually like bad tastes so that's why i made that assumption sorry to Misconstrue your words, which led me to believe that a thing that I wouldn't like was a thing you didn't like. I see. Taste usually doesn't mean I like something. Like, oh, that left a bad taste in my mouth. Love the fuck out of it.
2: For me, it was just, I wanted, I kind of want to know who they were. I want to know why this was a, a big deal. Uh, but I, and I, so I it
3: made you, it made you not like them and they wanted you to not like them. It worked. I'll be honest. I wish they had never taken
0: the fucking masks off.
3: Oh, I wish it was. Four shows down the road when you finally found out who the fuck they were
0: yeah I don't think you could have gone that that far with it I, it took us it took us 30 seconds, and me and the couple guys we knew who one of the guys was pretty much immediately.
2: I'm happy that they did it the way they did it though. I do love the fact that we got the reveal and how it was explained yep. and like every like everything did click why we got the name, why we got the entr- the annoying entrance music if you want to say music.
0: Everything about it was annoying. The alarm clock was annoying. The speech after the the speech after the match was super annoying. Where we had to go and get jobs, and I know the whole thing designed to uh, to make you hate them. It's like, well, wham! You had to go do the same thing that the rest of us had to do. Fuck you guys. So, and you know, and a lot of us already hated the one guy anyway. So, you know, going in
2: before we talk about the reveal. Uh, Rick, what were your thoughts on everything?
0: Um, I was in the same boat as you about the, you know the alarm clock. We just—I was trying to figure out what the significance was. Like the first thing I thought was uh, was the—and maybe this is obscure—was I was thinking the ding dongs from WCW is what it it <laughs> back to. I was like, what the, what the hell is this? And then I thought this could just be Thorne's sense of humor, where he's you know he's putting out you know maybe we we get an, an enhancement talent match. Um, you know, then, then we're a minute in and we, you know, figured out one of the guys pretty, pretty straight away, like, okay, we've got to be going someplace with this. Then we're like, are we just using this person to get, you know, this, these guys, are they under masks just to make, uh, it, you know, Charles hamburger and the strong man look good, you know, almost like reintroduce us to some of these, these guys that, that we feel like we haven't seen in, in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I know throughout the night, and it seems to be a real common common theme is the growth of some of the AIW people, uh, you know. And a, later on, uh, you know, Philly and Marino and and um, a lot of the other students, and just you said Chuck and Chuck and Arthur. Um, they, these guys just feel like it's been years since we've seen them last. Well, it has been years since we've seen them last, and the, you know, they didn't. Stop. The, the match was fine. There was you know nothing. Everything centered around that. Are we going to get the reveal? And and that's kind of where I was preoccupied at as well.
2: So nine to five gets the win. They give everybody the finger. Then they take off the masks. The aggravated accountant was Lewis Linden. Sally no.
0: Pardon. <laughs> oh, wrong nine to five. Wrong nine to five. And the Dabney Coleman. Uh,
2: the bitter banker was Jack Verlau. Verville. Terrible at pronouncing shit. We got you. So. I I do love that review. I mean, we got, we got somebody not necessarily new in AIW. It's been, uh, been quite a while, according to Thorne, since he's been in AIW and we have like a new look for Lewis Linden who, you know, has done so many things. And I think he, you know, he made reference to everything that's, uh, you know, no more, um, you know, it's not, I oh, didn't say Ninja Lead Squad, but oh, uh, no, you know, it's not Aeroform. It's not Dangalang. It's not Captain of the Ship. Like, you know, it. It's this. And I was like, ooh, like this is something new, which I mean, a lot of us had said like we had wanted to see.
3: Yeah, it looks like Jack Verville's last AIW match before this was a 2013 gauntlet for the gold.
2: I think I know. I think I know that match. I mean, granted, like that, that is the one I call Delaney one. I think with this match, there were a lot of uh, Cleveland legends. This was also uh, <laughs> this was also the gauntlet for the gold that. WWE referee Jake Clemens, uh was very briefly in. Yeah, but even uh, before 2013, I think according to Cage Match, what his last AIW match was. Oh no, he was around 2012
3: too. Yeah, I'm seeing stuff going all the way back into like 2010. Him versus Flip Kendrick. Him versus uh, Louis Linden.
2: Yeah, he was I in like a it. he was in a dark match for uh, Jaylett.
3: He was on a tag team with Chest Flexor at one point.
2: He was a tag team partner with a guy named Maserati Rick.
3: <laughs> Him
2: and KJ Crush, uh, team in Michigan.
0: Uh, Maserati Rick. Uh.
3: So, yeah, he goes back to like AIW at the West Park Party Center, like those days. Days that I was not around for.
0: But. I'd like to be known as Maserati Rick from now on if you guys <laughs> <didn't> know <that. laughs> I mean, I, You know That might be. I, no, nah. Wes has got that. I don't want to, I don't want to play gimmick infringement.
2: Hell, I was around for two matches for this guy and I didn't even remember him. But of course those were like both kind of one off, and th- that's going to be like really forgettable. Like it was mentioned before, uh, before he was Dan, the dad, he was, he had a match during J fan fest. And then when someone like mentioned that to me and I've looked up the pictures, like, oh my God, that is fucking Dan, the dad, AKA Danny Adams. I totally forgot because it was a dude I didn't know. So it was the same thing with these two or uh, those two matches where I, I saw the dude, didn't fucking remember him. But all in all, I, I do love that this is going to be something new going forward. I do think it just it was that <clears throat> awkwardness, not knowing who these two were. And it just kind of like bellowing on my mind of what is the importance of this? And we got it. And I, I do think it was important. I'm happy it wasn't like two dudes dripping off the mask and you're, everybody is literally going, who the fuck are they?
3: Yeah, I I gotta say, I've never been a big fa- a fan of, uh, you know, the Pirate, the Captain, Dangalang, Louis Linden, but I haven't made it a secret that I l- like him at old wrestling, because I think Louis Linden's a good wrestler. I just, that whole gimmick just didn't, did nothing with me. This, I, I think over time, it's going to be real easy, like, for everybody who already didn't like Louis Linden... Boy, at least he's giving you a reason not to, you know, like, I, I, I think this has a lot of potential.
2: One of my favorite tweets after this, I, I thought I had retweeted on wrestling chairs, but I guess I didn't was from thrift store jobber of like John Thorne. You might've did the impossible. I think I like Lewis Linden now. Let's see. All right. Let's uh, move on to the next match. Next up, we had Jocelyn Navarro versus Allison Kaye. She returns to AIW. This was uh the AIW main show debut of Jocelyn Navarro for singles match, I should say, not counting Go for Broke. What were uh what were your thoughts on the match, Rick?
0: Um, I was in line for booze at the time. Uh, I believe actually Pam was with me. So we were getting drinks. And we heard the you know the music startup for Allison K, Sienna, you know, however, she's billed and not, for some reason we we both just popped like crates. I love Allison K. I'm I, I I will make no bones about the fact that I love Allison K. Um another thing back about this mystery stuff. That you know, if you gave me a list of 10 or 12 people and maybe you know had me guess who was going to be there, Allison K would not have been on my list people, you know, that that I would have guessed. Um, I didn't see a whole lot of the match. Like I said, I was buying an awful lot of booze at that point in time. But uh I popped hard enough for Allison K and it made the whole thing worth worthwhile. How about you, Stacey? So fill in, I... in the match, Stacey.
3: <laughs> so I'm I'm a fan of Allison K too. Um I actually had a feeling she was on this show because she uh, I don't know, probably earlier in the week, maybe or maybe in the week before, had posted some like dates that she had bookings coming up. And one of them was this day, but with like no show listed. And I was like, Oh, well that's convenient. The same day as one of the mystery AIW shows. I bet she's on that show. And she was, and I'm happy about it. I, I to this day right now, do not understand how she is not signed somewhere. I don't, I don't get it uh, with everybody who has been scooped up off the Indies I do not understand how no company has just paid her a bunch of money uh, to come wrestle there because she's really fucking good. However, that's to the benefit of people like Jocelyn Navarro because uh, there's where like, so if you're a dude on the indies, there are a world of vets that you can have a chance to get in the ring with and like gain experience having a match with somebody who's really seasoned and still really good in the ring and still wrestling like they give a shit when they go out on indie shows. For the women, I those opportunities aren't there as much because the women have been scooped up quicker than they can actually develop on the indies. So there's not that big amount of, of veterans with experience for the newer people coming in to work with. So this, to me, this was so fucking cool that Jocelyn got to have this kind of match uh, at AIW with somebody who, you know, there's only a few people out there. There's like what? There's like Allison K and like Lufisto, maybe. There's like a handful, you know, that actively do like a lot of indies. So this was really cool. And I thought the match was really good. Uh, I Jocelyn, from the first time I saw her, at a mega show, I don't know how long ago until now, it's leaps and bounds better. Like Rick said, it's like the theme of a lot of the folks on these shows is like they're a lot better than they used to be. And I think so part of that is, you know, just time in general. Of course, the longer you do something, the better you get at it. But I, I think there's something to be said for a lot of them now being at the AIW school. And, like, getting the experience out of there as opposed to the places they were before. And that's not a knock on the places they were before. But it's, you know, sometimes you have to go, like, to another school to get more education. Like, if you get your bachelor's degree in one place, that doesn't mean that that place is maybe the best place to go get your master's, right? And so, like, I think AIW helps a lot of these people refine those skills and getting to have a match with somebody like Allison K is a hell of a way to refine some skills. I thought this match was really fucking good.
2: I mean, it's crazy when it comes to Allison Kay, because she's had opportunities at both of the current quote big companies. And one being recently and it's like, "Why don't you sign her? You have some issues with your women's division. She's wrestling on your show. She's becoming a free agent like right around that time." It you know, to pick her up for a little bit. She's pretty good. I think. Yeah.
3: I don't know why she's not at AEW. I'm like, that's specifically yeah. the place that I don't understand why she's not there.
2: And like I said, like, especially when she wrestled there recently, like WWE not picking her up after uh, the, well, May Young Classic, I get because there was a lot of women there. But when you're at AEW and you're having those issues and she's wrestling on your show and she's becoming a free agent, like, every, it's all right there. Just, just drop the paperwork everything will work out.
3: Right. Right, cuz I totally understand why she might not want to go back to a place like Impact. Even though their women's division in my opinion is better than what AEW has as a whole right now, um albeit a lot of them are a little more seasoned vets than what AEW has. Um but I understand her maybe not going back there and up until like now basically the <laughs> Ring of Honor women division has been sort of non-existent it still might sort of be non-existent but they're at least trying to legitimize it uh and i mean she was doing stuff at nwa right like she was nwa champ for a minute but you know that is also a thing where it's like that's sort of just like a a novelty promotion (laughs) i hate to say that but like nwa is not like a it's not on that level that like those other things are, right? And AEW's also had like a working relationship where they've had that NWA title on the show. And Thunder Rosa is on there all the time now, who was like the primary feud that Allison Kay had at NWA. So I just I don't know what the deal is there. Um she's by far better than like I don't know, sixty to seventy percent of the women's division at AEW. I I don't know. I that's that's answer to a question that i would love to hear her give at some point as to what if there's like a her reason why she's not there or if it's a their reason why she's not there
2: you do have some other really good women on the independent team that are uh that came from wwe one in particular that i know jocelyn has had a match with and she still wrestles to this day and that's jazz but other than that yeah the i don't know how many other top-notch women that haven't been you know signed up to a major company is gonna you're gonna be able to have a, a match with like Allison k
3: yeah i'm just glad that she's out here and she's doing these kind of shows because it's it's a, definitely an experience that a lot of the the younger ladies in wrestling can take advantage of on the indies is being able to wrestle somebody like Allison k
2: it's great to see jocelyn get that opportunity and how great uh she's improved over the past handful of years and you know it is you know getting a match like against Allison k like getting a match versus jazz. And she's somebody who travels a lot. You see her, you know, across the country now from time to time. Like she's not, is she hitting a lot of the bigger promotions? No, but like people in Vegas are, are paying her to come out. People in Texas are paying her to uh, come down. So that's awesome to see for sure. Any, uh, any other thoughts on this match? Do, do we want to talk about uh, the eyelash part?
3: That's rough. <laughs> I've, I've never had a fake eyelash on, but that seems like a painful thing
2: uh jocelyn had one of them i think fall off in the match and then while in uh
3: i, I thought it was ripped off
2: well then the, 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 there was
0: yeah, the one. First that, one first one fell off
2: yeah the first one fell off you might you might have missed that from your angle but yeah the first one fell off uh allison seen it and then when she was in a submission move she fucking rips the other one off and then acts like she's gonna lick it and then she's like oh, i no, no, and they're like throws it
3: yeah that was the you sick fuck chant.
2: Yes. Oh, fucking great. And yeah, it was, uh, AK getting the win over Jocelyn. Let's move on to the next match. Next up, we had Mance Warner come out first and then Tommy Rich. I'm not, uh, as into, a uh, cause I believe he, what is he ECW early ECW?
0: Tommy Rich. Tommy Rich. He was everywhere. Okay. But, uh, didn't he He came out to the, wasn't it one of the FBI themes?
3: Yeah, I thought
0: it was going to be Guido at first.
2: Same, yeah. Especially when I had a conversation with Butters earlier in the day, of what constitutes of what should be on the AIW playlist or not, and he was like, "Well, Guido doesn't come a lot, and his the themes." Other, I'm like, "Yeah, but that also, that's also, you know, Tracy Smothers." So the music hits, and I'm like, "Oh, that's kind of funny." And when it was not Guido, it was Tommy Rich. I'm like, "Oh, okay, still cool." Like I, I'm, I don't really know who he is as much but still on all cool to see because i mean when we have those moments it's it's awesome
3: i gotta tell you there was a thought that went through my head for like a millisecond where so like the night before west had used thorns music right and then came out and i was like holy shit who's the asshole who's using tracy's music <laughs> Like, I God. thought it might be Wes again, just for, like, a second. And then I was like, oh, no, it's probably Guido. It's, you know, Guido's back, AIW's back. And then it was Wildfire fucking Tommy Ridge, which is, I love having Guido around, but that's so much better than fucking having Guido. Like, Wildfire Tommy Rich. I was excited for it. Obviously, there were some other people in the building excited for it. I'm sure there were people there who were like, who the fuck is Tommy Ridge? Because, you know, you're going to have that.
2: I don't know really who he is, but I will at least say that's a name I've heard of. So when the name was announced, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I heard a lot about him. I thought, I mean, if if you're going to go that route of it, you know, maybe it's uh, somebody <laughs> stealing Tracy's music. There's only one person that could have done that, and I would have been fine with it without it being, you know, Guido or somebody from the FBI, because technically in that count, it could have been Big Mo, Jock Sampson. That's it.
3: Oh, I, I guess. I just thought, man, that's like... You can't do that like yeah.
2: this.
3: You steal, steal Thor's music, that's that's fine, whatever. That's like some cheap heat, oh, you got us. But like Tracy's music, oh, oh, come on, man, you can't take that. But then like, oh, it's Tommy Rich, okay, this makes sense. He gets to use that music, that's fine. And then that gets ruined by the goddamn Duke.
2: Yes. Uh- so,
3: this was the best promo Duke has done in forever. Like, everyone was great in this. But that, like, Duke's promo, like, it's me, motherfuckers, like, that whole thing, so good. Like, just the fucking best. Duke, Duke doesn't get enough credit. Like, there's certain things about AIW that make it stand out from other places, and this might not be a thing I, some AIW fans want to hear, but part of what makes AIW fucking cool and unique is the Duke. It fucking is. Other places don't have him. We do. He's really fucking good at what he does.
2: I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The Duke is hands down the best manager in the state of Ohio. Name me one better.
3: I might take it farther than Ohio, Summers. He's really fucking good.
0: Yeah, I can't think of anybody better in the, we can just call it the independent circuit. If you think of somebody that's better in the indies, I'd kind of like to know.
3: I mean, so Stoke isn't on the indies anymore. No, no, I don't count it. It would have been him. That's it. That's all I can think of. This was really good. And like, so this is where the shit that I've been saying, where like Ethan Wright is just a guy who was trained by Harley race, even though in this, the Duke literally referenced like, yeah, this guy was trained by fucking Harley race. You took his title. Ah, he's going to take some revenge on you. He made it mean more than just that dude coming out and being like, well, you know, I was trained by Harley race. <laughs> like it's those little things that the Duke's so fucking good at. Like this group that Duke has with him now of the Bitcoin boys and Ethan, right? Boy, I can't wait to see these guys get booed a lot and boo them a lot. It's great. Fucking great.
2: Going back to go for broke. I saw in an episode, I think it might've been episode one. They were talking together and I called it out on the review and instantly that was something I wanted to see because it made sense. So when the bitcoin boys the duke and ethan wright come out i was like oh my god here it is here it is we're gonna fucking get it perfect it, it's awesome it makes sense and it also go- goes to a lot of people thinking like well freaking uh ethan wright is kind of boring and all this kind of stuff so now give the talking to the duke perfect yeah. makes sense
3: yeah it's great it's perfect it's the absolute perfect move for that dude to be with the duke it's pu- fucking perfect
2: and I think when it comes to AIW, the Duke has probably been involved in some of the most entertaining storylines continuously. I don't remember a lull of whatever the Duke is doing. We're always paying attention to him, and that's perfect.
3: And this also continues a thing of like the Duke coming out and <clears throat> legends beating the shit out of the
2: Duke. 100%. So it was basically explained like we do have, we did have the. Mance Warner versus Tommy Rich match. According to cage match, the it ended in a no contest one minute, 40 seconds because of the interference from the Bitcoin boys, the Duke and Ethan Wright. And that also then led to a PME coming out for the save. So here we go. We get a tag team match. Anything goes eight man tag PME, Mance Warner, Tommy Rich versus the Bitcoin boys, Ethan Wright and the Duke. This was, yeah, this was one of those, Matches and it kind of reminded me of the tag team scramble the night before of just like chaos and I had so much fucking fun watching it,
3: dude. It was exactly that. It was fun chaos. Like it was just a giant mess. It was more chair shots. Like if you took a drink for every chair shot that happened in this match, it was just a mess of chair shots. Just shit happening everywhere all the time. Chaotic as fuck. It was fun to watch. This match was the most fun of the whole night.
2: Yeah, uh, I got to agree with you on that one.
3: And like all the shit from Mance at the end on the mic was all great. So good. Just the best. Everything about this match was fun. Every time somebody needed to do something in this match, it was done the best it could be done. Like when the Duke was on the mic, he was really fucking good. When Mance was on the mic, he was really fucking good. Whenever everybody was in the ring doing shit, it was good. It's just, this match was fun. It was a lot of chaos. And uh, it's not my match of the night, but it was definitely the most fun of the night.
0: It's like watching a really good TV show. Like, with the way it just flowed from one thing to the next, and the next, to the next. And everything was right on time, the way it was supposed to be, and where it was supposed to be. And the fact that, you know, I think Mance was genuinely really, really happy to be in the ring and, you know, and come out there with, with Tommy Wildfire Rich. You know, I remember watching him on Saturday mornings at you know six o'clock in the morning in the AWA. You know, in early nineties WCW, and then ECW was the Big Don with the uh, the FBI. He wasn't really a wrestler; he was kind of there. You know, he was the Big Don, the, the yeah. Godfather type character. So, I, I Thorn might have booked that for himself. You know, just like, hey, this is this is a guy. But at the same time, I'd like to think, uh, you know, maybe he threw a bone to Mance, like, hey, maybe you've never maybe you never met this guy or whatever. But I know this is a guy you're going to get along with. Plus, um, there's going to be a podcast coming that's going to be an hour's worth of them just telling Tommy Rich stories from all the uh, the talk and the tweets that John's put out about, you know, him in the locker room just holding court with uh, with all the guys.
3: Tommy looked like he had a lot of fun at the bar afterwards. I'll say that.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, for, what, 60, Where is he, 64,
3: 62, something like that? Hey, God bless. Old goodness. enough. Yep. Would you yeah, say- man, I, I I fucking loved it. I Like, Tommy Rich, like, that kind of booking is such an AIW thing. That's another thing that other places don't do that you get at AIW. It's like a Tommy Wildfire Rich or a Bunkhouse Buck. You know what I mean? Like, that's not, other places aren't booking those fucking guys that do other shit like AIW does. Like, like ah, man, well, it's just so good.
0: And you're You're bringing in this guy that's 60, whatever years old. This guy's not coming in to have a five star match. He's coming in to be, to almost be a role player. That's not, that's not really how I want to turn that. But he's coming in to be that catalyst, to be that character, to be that focal point. But then when it's all said and done, you have PME, you had, you know, Bitcoin, you had your homegrown guys that were just so good that made the match excellent. You know yeah. so you, you had those guys to, to lean back on so everything clicked you know to cover up the fact that you know tommy rich is not working at a, a you know a 1977 pace anymore it's uh you know the boys do the heavy lifting and then the uh uh here you know, the guys like uh wildfire and duke and i mean manser can can hold his own with anybody but you know can can have their have their fun and what at one point they were just throwing chairs at each other i, I think i seem yeah, to remember right
3: this is great the match of a thousand chairs this one fucking was
2: tommy rich is 64 years old and he will be 65 on G- uh, july 26th yeah, okay. Good,
0: Good for that age.
2: it was a uh, pme Mance warner and tommy rich getting the win stacy would you say that this was at least the match of the first half
3: oh for for sure it's the match of the first half it's again the most fucking fun of any match the whole night mm-hmm. and like are yelling i don't know what that lady yelled or who he was yelling at <laughs> <laughs> but
2: that,
3: that shit popped me like oh boy i loved it this match was just the fucking best
2: uh after this we went into intermission but we obviously came back for the second half and started off with the match
3: nope everybody left
0: <laughs> we we were all outside. I was yeah. at the bar.
3: Yep, intermission. nobody came back
0: and the show. Yep, everybody was into the covid beers at the bar. Some people left like young Ed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep. Oh, young drunk Ed. Thanks,
0: Rick. No, they're not my fault. Not my fault. My favorite part is
3: that he told me that somebody told him, "Oh yeah, the rest of the show is just like AIW regulars. You're not going to miss anything." <laughs>
2: Well, kind of not a lie. I guess. <laughs> kind of what I'm saying kind of. But anyway, <laughs> ca- came back to a scramble match. TKD versus Braden Lee versus Big Twan Tucker versus Riley Rose versus Derek Dillinger versus Casey Carrington. Uh, I, I enjoyed coming back to this. number one scramble. Number two, some names we're not as familiar with. Yes, we're familiar with. With Derek. We're familiar with Big Twan, but not as much Brayden Lee, Casey Carrington, Riley Rose. Yeah, we're uh obviously familiar with TKD too.
3: Brayden Lee's done some AIW before.
2: Yeah, he has, but that's what I'm saying, like not as like familiar with. Yeah. Like I think he's done I know he did a Hell on Earth Dark Match. And he might have done think like he one. He
3: also did one of the Akron, like one of the Akron trial shows or something.
2: He might have. Let's uh Let's pull up his cage match and double check his AIW dates. Twenty nineteen? No, uh, I think it's just the Hell on Earth.
3: Ah, oh, maybe I saw him somewhere.
2: But yeah, uh, like I said, we're not as familiar with him. Uh, there was one point that he looked almost identical, um, obviously not looks wise, but uh, attire wise to Mikey Montgomery.
3: Mikey Montgomery. Yeah, yeah, they both had the same gear at one point.
2: Yep, and they both uh, <laughs> both uh, went away from that. Yeah. Uh
3: so this this match was wild.
2: I don't remember as much from it. Obviously I remember a little bit from Derek and Ziggy. That's kind of it.
3: I mean yeah. how do you not remember Big Twan? Have you seen Twan?
0: Big Twan with the uh was it that would this was the uh Casey Carrington spot where he uh
1: Oh well yeah
0: did the uh spear p- pounce, whatever you want to call it from from Twan over into the crowd yeah you got the
2: uh, that was a uh, front row for you <laughs> like literally
0: he was uh mr carrington was three rows deep before it was all done <laughs> he sure was and That's i gotta tell spot. you
3: i gotta tell you man this is i know jay gold has been uh singing his praises on your go for broke shows but as as much as this is like a Kaplan year and like Kaplan's had a bunch of you know a bunch of good shit happened. I still think when this whole year pans out, it's gonna be Derek Dillinger's fucking year. uh Derek has just like the changes to the production and the production now essentially just being him and Ziggy I just it's fucking cool. I like it. I love the way he uses Ziggy as like a weapon uh it's just it's fucking great uh it's. It's really fucking good. Uh, I I just, I I would love to see before the year is over, Derek have one of the AIW titles.
2: You know, it is Jay Gold that is one of the bandwagon leaders for Derek, but Stacey, you were somebody that I think had him for either a potential JLIT or gauntlet win this year. I sure did. We I don't know if we'll get those shows, but that was you at the beginning of the year putting a high mark on them so yeah it'll be interesting and uh, the thing when it comes to the production too i used to kind of like have a, there was like kind of like numbers like this is production 1.0 2.0 because like of all the changes i fucking don't even know what number we're on now i'm just like all right the production 2021
3: i don't even know that it is the production i mean i guess technically it's the production but it's it's derek with ziggy it's mm-hmm. great uh it's it's really fucking good. I think they're both in the perfect situation. Uh, it's, It's really fucking good. Derek is, you know, some other people had a great weekend, right? Like some people had outstanding matches two nights in a row. Derek had a fucking what I'm sure was a dream match for him the night before. And then he gets this match like a pretty good fucking weekend for Derek, too.
0: What
2: were your thoughts of the match, Rick?
0: Um, it, it's a scramble match. It was everything we wanted. We want guys to go fly around, do flippy stuff. We wanted it to last about eight minutes because that's about what it usually lasts. Uh, I remember my thought: I'd never seen uh, outside of uh, you know a couple Go For Broke episodes. Riley Rose, uh, you know, just got that baby Sheamus look to him. Um, very, you know, very distinct look. Uh, once again, happy to see Casey Carrington. Um, I like that kid a lot, and I like the fact that uh, he was more than willing to go three or four rows deep on a on a pounce from Tuan. That uh, probably says a lot about him. That he was able to um, do his part in that, and uh, you know, Tuan did not hold back. He pretty much laid that kid out uh, good. Derek and Ziggy together are tremendous. I don't think it's production anything anymore. I think at this point, Derek, Derek and Ziggy are their own uh, entity. Um, and it's, uh, Ziggy's a compliment to Derek more than like a, um, more than like a partnership. I feel like it's Derek is, is the man, um, you know, he's the, he's the guy, he's, he's the force and Ziggy's, um, kind of got that Bill Alfonso vibe to her where she'll do anything to make sure that he wins, uh, tossing her own body up and, and, uh, helping him out with, uh, whatever she can do. Uh, Happy to see Derek. Derek's been around for a while, and he will wrestle anybody, and he will make just about anybody look good. We've had him in UXWA forever, and I have loved most every match that Derek has ever had in UXWA, because he is a a professional when it comes to to working with just about whoever. So that's fantastic.
2: I'll have to double-check with Gopher Broke. I think they still call them for the production, but in a way because we've seen like this complete metamorphosis of the production that name doesn't yeah. doesn't seem to fit anymore doesn't or just doesn't feel right because we've seen the production as a bigger group and now it's just these two people
0: yeah i don't even really care because i do, and the way i i see it as i just don't see it as a team anymore i see you know i see ziggy as more of a uh you know Derek's the guy and she's there to make sure that that he gets he gets the W. She's not really concerned about herself. She's concerned about about supporting. Uh, I don't want to say her man because I don't want to make it that kind of thing. But she's you uh, and your gender roles, Rick. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> you know you know how I am. So,
3: <laughs> but no, I I think that's totally fair. I think the comparison of her and Bill Alfonso is real accurate. In that, like, she has a vested interest in making sure that Derek wins shit, and she's willing to put her own well-being on the line to make sure that win happens. I think that's a great comparison of her and Fonzie.
0: I say great things.
2: I feel like it's uh, Derek and Ziggy are a little bit like Bam Bam and Luna minus the kind of relationship factor.
3: Oh, I don't think so. I think that that is uh, a haircut that's drawing that comparison. You need to watch more Luna if you're comparing Ziggy to Luna. That's like... Two different worlds.
2: I need to go back and watch Luna because it's been since I was watching it on TV all the time. Like, during that time, it's been forever. Luna
3: was Luna was fucking frightening. Luna was scarier than Bam Bam.
2: Yeah, I might need to revisit that when I get a chance. It was Derek pinning TKD to get the win. Let's move on to the next match. Next up, we had 40 Acres. PB Smooth and Trey Lamar versus the main event, Duke Davis and Cannon Jones Jr. The night before, I don't remember what match it was. I was kind of thinking like, man, I kind of want to see 40 Acres versus the main event. And it mainly was because of like the size of the main event is a little bit comparable to PB. So I'm like, oh, that would be a fun match. And then the next night we fucking get it. So I was happy for that. How did you guys feel about this match? Start with Rick.
0: Uh, I like watching four guys beat the crap out of each other. Um it is rare that we get somebody that's uh that PB gets to to wrestle with that is comparable in size. And you know the two two fellows in the main event and 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 PB are they all look about the same. It's you know it's it's not you know it's it's not land of the giants um with just with just PB those guys from the main event, I don't know a whole lot about them. I saw them on AIW, AEW, Dark, excuse me, and two nights of AIW. But I was incredibly impressed by both of them. Um, and they and they have a lot of charisma. I hard because there's a few teams that kind of, I don't want to say blend together, where you've got um, Private Party and AEW, and then you've got... Um, uh, what do they call Dawkins, uh, Angelo, and the guys in in with the, with the red solo cups, and it's hard to not kind of fall in or or get you know, that same kind of gimmick. You know, he came out with the 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 water bottle and spray, and that's the first thing that it reminded me of was you know the, the guys from from the WWE. Um, I don't know if they're still finding their way. Uh, they look to me like they are polished and they are. I mean, they've already been on TV, YouTube, whatever you want to call it, with AEW. I hope they're around for a while. Uh, we we started to talk about this earlier and then got sidetracked. Thanks, Stacy. But ain't my fault. <laughs> but uh, the and summers, I think that you said that the Aiw Tag Division is insane. How good it is, and you can just automatically take those two guys, throw them into that uh, division. And can you the you know the kind of matches we would get PME and main events and we already saw uh, Cheech and Colin with those guys and you know Bitcoin and and all these guys that division is just absolutely stacked. Um, this was a fun match. I, I like the fact that they, these guys are not just they're athletic as hell. I mean they you know these are these are guys that you could see being two or three sports stars and um, I like that. Uh, comes across very authentic you know i, I you know I, I don't when i see these guys i don't believe they're they're playing a character you know i think these are these guys these are how they are this is how they act and you know yeah i'm, I'm all about it i like those those guys a lot
2: how'd you feel about the match stacy
3: well man i mean last week as everybody knows i'm a big main event fan already and i've always been a fan of pb and trey uh 40 acres uh i was real excited that this was one of the matches on this show. Uh, Rick, so you know, like, you've actually, I think, seen Main Event more than you know you've seen them. They are your Black Craft Tag Team Champions.
0: Yeah, I, I do. I I have spoken to them as, a, you know, there might be some some back, backroom haggling to attempt to acquire a Black Craft Tag Team title.
3: Oh, you dirty so-and-so. I'm in that same business. Don't yes, you indeed. You only need to own one. Just remember that, you son of a bitch. You only oh, need I one mouse.
0: Um,
3: <laughs> but uh yeah. So you know, those guys, I'm a big fan of them. I'm real happy they're in AIW. They bring something a little bit different than a lot of the other teams that, like you said, the AIW tag divisions uh stacked. Um but even you know, the the differences between while PB is of that same size as those guys. Their styles are so different, you know, and the the combination of him and Trey and, and them having like a guy that's a little smaller and a little faster versus, uh, you know, two guys that are very large, but one of them is, is incredibly faster, but they're both incredibly agile and athletic. I just, the main event are like, like you said, they're, they're polished. They're, they're, they've been together for a while. They work as a team very well. It's just, man, I'm happy for those guys. I'm glad they're in AIW now. Uh, and this match was really fucking good. Uh, and, you know, so that, and it went, this match went a little long. Like it wasn't a, it wasn't a quick match, but it didn't feel long. Like when I looked at what the time says, this match went versus how long the match felt to me in person. Uh, it, they, they. They kept it interesting. It didn't feel as long as it was.
2: The match was close to 14 minutes, 13 minutes and 57 seconds. But yeah, I I agree with you, especially with the length of the next two matches. This one definitely didn't feel like it. Not saying the other ones did either, but this this was so good. And, you know, the main event, you know, having both of these matches back to back in AIW. I hope we see more of them if they're not you know, signed, you know, if they get signed, you know, it, it's going to suck that we don't see them. but you know, it is what it is. Go get your money. Love you for it. But if we can see them in June and we can see them, any AIW show going forward, I, I want to see it.
3: Oh yeah. I hope they're a fixture around AIW. I think the thing that's going to stop them from that is they might get scooped up somewhere. To be honest, I, I don't know how, how long they are for the Indies, but really long enough to get to see them a little bit more.
2: 100% agree. With that being said, 40 Acres got the win over the main event. Let's get into our next match. First, Dominic Greeney comes out. And then some music hits that I'm not too familiar with. But later on, when I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, I should have seen that fucking coming.
3: And then <clears throat> Dom Greeney tells someone to shut the fuck up.
2: Yep. Definitely tells and someone to then... shut the fuck up. And then out comes Eddie fucking Kingston and the roof blew off of the fucking Odeon. Fucking crazy. I didn't think I would see Eddie come back. But when I thought about the music later on, it kind of clicked. I'm like, yeah, I think that was his music for a while. Like about nine, ten years ago. But I forgot about it. But it was fucking awesome. Because I think if you any other music would have hit... That he, he had used, we, we would have known. The fact that there was some suspense was fucking awesome. I knew something was coming for one reason and one reason only. From where I was sitting, I could see the crow's nest of AIW. Everybody had their phone out. And I went, hmm, this is going to be a big deal. Who Who is this going to be? I got no idea. Then out comes Eddie fucking Kingston. Boom.
3: That was the loudest 120 people have ever been. <laughs> yeah. I will... I will put that up against any 120 people ever. That's the loudest any 120 people have ever been. The entire guardrail was being picked up and slammed off the floor <laughs> at every section. It was amazing.
2: The only pop that I felt this crazy for, but I don't think it was everybody else. Like I just recently went back and rewatched
3: Brazilian it. Brazilian giant. Brazilian <laughs> <laughs> giant. Yeah, shitty Vader. Real close. (laughs) Just like a 1B to this.
2: I was going to say the return of Nick Gage.
0: Yeah, that was nuts too.
2: But I remember my thing with that is and actually went back and re-listened to uh, the review of that match. I said, I was worried it wasn't actually him. That it was somebody else. But when he pulled down the mask, I'm like, all right, we're good. But uh, that look of Eddie Kingston when he came out. Like, like we all expected him to be they just casually walked out. I'll never fucking forget that. And yeah, we went fucking nuts. Easily, easily the pop of both nights. And I think the only one that comes close to it is Donst. And when I say close, it's not that close, but it's the closest.
3: Yeah, it's not close, but it's uh, the next closest. Yeah.
2: Yes. Thoughts on Dominic Guarini's second big match of these two days. I don't want to say weekend, but these two days star Stacy
3: uh best bout machine Dominic Garini. Uh had the match of the night the night before with Lee Moriarty <clears throat> this night he has a completely different kind of match with Eddie Kingston and has the match of the night again like this thing was paced out perfectly it was it built from one piece of the match to another it was Super, super hard hitting, like hard strikes through the whole thing. There was that whole piece in the beginning with the back and forth grapple stuff. They get to the outside and I am a giant pussy (laughs) and moved out of the way of Dom giving Eddie that boot scrape right in front of me. Uh, It was just... They, you know, when they took it outside, it was, it was brutal and it was the way it needed to be. It was just, it was paced. Well, the whole thing was just, it was so good. There was like these spurts of like really good wrestling moves in between really hard strikes, a lot of different, like, I think they might've done like every type of suplex you can do at one point or another during this match, uh, like there was one particular belly, belly that Dom gave that just looked fucking perfect. Uh, the but when they traded those short kicks or knees like to each other's heads, like that was so good. It was just man, it was just the chops, just the brutal fucking chops back and forth. It was this match was just perfect. It was just a perfect fucking match.
0: How about you reckon? I'd have to echo a lot of what Stacy said. The one thing that we know from Eddie Kingston, from, you know, we're spoiled and we've gotten to see him in person for such a long time, is he doesn't do things without a purpose. So if Eddie does something in the ring, it's leading to something else. And Dom Guarini has gotten to be so good too, that these guys put together a story. You know, they were able to put together a, a story in, in just as Stacy said, you know, where you, you start at one and it, it crescendos all the way to 10 eventually, but everything makes sense. There's not a lot of wasted motion. There's not a waste, wasted movement. They don't do things. They don't do things that don't matter. Everything that they're doing has a purpose and it leads to the next thing. And you know, the fact that they just beat the hell out of each other, in the process, whenever you see Dominic after one of these matches that he has with these guys, um, you know, this similar to, to Eddie, he's always bright red and the chest is always all beat up. And, you know, these those guys, they were not pulling. They were not pulling punches with each other. They're more than happy to, uh, to to beat the hell out of each other. And then, you know, of course, when it's all said and done, uh, you know, Hogan's got to pose and Eddie's got to. Eddie's got to talk, so he got the mic after the uh, after the match.
2: It was Eddie Kingston getting the win over Dominic Greeny in 17 minutes and 44 seconds,
0: and then Eddie got on the mic. Was that, was that by by tap out? Did Dominic was that was that a tap out victory?
3: it was a knockout victory, I think. Was it not? Was it? Yeah, three back fists yeah, was the win. It
2: was. Three back fists and a pin. Yeah. Uh, like I said, then uh, Eddie got on the mic, told us what our main event was before we officially knew it. Stacey mentioned it last week.
0: Spoilers. <laughs> spoilers, spoilers, Eddie. Spoilers.
2: I mean, you could easily say that, yes, we could have figured it out that it was going to be Bishop uh, versus Justice. But, hey, we, did, we didn't know. It could, there could have been a third person to that fucking match.
0: Yeah, Eddie can do what he wants. He's a big TV star now.
2: The look on Steve Guy's face when he said that. Just literally facepalm was great. Um, Eddie got on the mic. Uh, put over Aiw and the Independents, uh, ball tap Steve, and that was called that.
3: out. Some, called out a dummy in the crowd.
2: Oh yeah. Yep. Put over AEW a little bit, and uh, well, we we got onto that main event. Matthew Justice versus Joshua Bishop for the absolute intense title intense rules, and this. You know, this was a great bookend, at least currently, for Bishop and Justice. There was something that I, I don't know if I said on uh, last week's episode. I kind of want to see a, like a best of DVD or MP4 compilation of Bishop and Justice because there's a lot of matches there. And this even goes back to way back to 2019 when you know we had the feud with the intense title. And then coming back a little full circle with Bishop beating Filthy Tom for the absolute title. And then Bishop, not Bishop, but uh, Justice comes in and cashes in on him. And then you had Bishop go up the rankings and get a title shot. And then obviously beating Matthew Justice last year. There's just so many crazy fucking matches there. I'd love to see them compiled. Like, I think they're all maybe on IWTV. Not 100% sure, but nonetheless. Uh, I
3: think there's <clears throat> I think there's a piece or two of it that's not on there, but for the most part, yeah, it's all on there.
2: Yeah, But still, even though we've seen this match, I don't know how many times, I don't know if I'll ever have the reaction like, oh, not these two again. It's like, oh, great, these two. This is fucking chaos. It's going to be great. One way or another, we don't know what's going to happen. Here we go, let's do it. Uh, what were your thoughts on the match, Rick?
0: Well, you know we're going to lose furniture. That's the first thing. You know, we're losing the deposit on any chairs or tables or anything that we have. Um, When Eddie said, you know, gave the spoiler for the match, I was part of me was like, oh, this match again. But I don't mean that in a negative way. Like, I I don't. You know, these matches have escalated, you know, to the no ropes barbed wire. I'm kind of glad that the Justice Bishop thing is, is, well, let's say taking a break um, and not. Like I said, I don't mean any negativity in that. I could I could do justice Bishop at just about every at just about every event and and be happy with it. But you know, it gives those guys a chance to go do their own thing, and and then eventually, I I think we'll see them back together in in some, in you know at, at some point in the future. Bishop is as far as a young star is concerned. I feel like he is red hot, like. As far as a, you know, a young man who can do just about anything and is not afraid to do just about anything, um, you know, if that balcony fall uh, with justice 10 years ago or however long it was, you know, didn't didn't tell you that that, that this guy will do just about anything. It, we know justice, you know, Stacy, how many times have you cradled justice in your arms like a baby before matches? <laughs> <laughs> and? Um, I'm kind of excited to see where justice goes with Fonzie too. If you know, unless Fonzie is headed back to Brazil uh, to scout more talent. Um, but the fact that we've gotten to see Bishop with Barkley justice with Fonzie and those four interchange, you know, the, the dynamic of those guys, if there hasn't been one of those guys that hasn't done something to one of the others at some point in time, whether it's hit him with a chair, throw them through a table, toss them off a balcony. Um, you know, I, I don't know, did we set anybody on fire in this thing? That's probably something we're, we're going to do next. Um, I love the rivalry, but it's time to be done with it because where else can you take it? You know, um, you know, that it, after this, we're like, we're, we're probably at like new Jack style, you know, where somebody's going to get thrown off. a. there's going to be a cattle prod and, and a scaffolding. And, and justice and Bishop, the bad part might be, both of them might be down for it. So, uh, tremendous. I will, I'm always going to be a fan of breaking tables and breaking chairs and watching Fonzie who looks like he's a, you know, 110 pounds soaking wet, jumping off of things where, you know, that he's going to get the worst, he's going to get the worst end of whatever that he does. You know, we broken ribs or something years ago, God, it really has been years ago is the bad part. You know, broken ribs from coming off that top rope, and and half the time he's perched up there, and it almost feels to me like he wants to take the spot away from Justice. Like he wants to be the guy that does the splash before Justice does. Um, Both guys are tremendous. I have nothing but great things to say about him. Bishop is a star, and uh, as much as I disliked Wes Barkley the first time that I ever saw him and a lot of us did not like him. Uh Wes Barkley is probably the best hype man mouthpiece that uh, we got going, you know, outside of the Duke. The Duke is head and shoulders above everybody else, but but Barkley has his place uh and it's he's tremendous as well.
2: Before we get to your thoughts, Stacey, you uh you caught Justice for the, this show, right?
3: I did. That's correct.
2: So uh you got to return to uh, a little bit of normalcy. Uh, so, what are your thoughts on the match? Uh,
3: my thoughts on catching Matt, where I haven't done it for a long time, and I fucked my arm up real bad. <laughs> it, it just started feeling better. I had to nurse that motherfucker for like a week. So, uh, bad idea. But I'll get back in. Uh, I guess the closest thing to athletic shape I can get. In. <laughs> um, but uh, nah, man, this match ruled. It was great. Uh, we also ended up having Fonzie. Uh take a spill over in our area too later on in the match. Uh, boy, uh, there were a lot of I am the table spots in this one.
0: <laughs> like oh, I, I forgot all about that. As,
3: as soon as I saw that Japanese one table. Dude, as soon as I saw that one table get pulled out from under, I was like, what 1970s church did you find that for Mike ass table at? That's <laughs> never breaking. Uh, like whew. Uh There was a lot of violence in this match. It was a hell of a blow off. I mean, it's it was exactly what you would expect out of a Justice Bishop match. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't mean that they're like predictable or whatever, but you you know what you're getting. When you see those two names listed as an intense rules match, you know what you're getting. It's going to be a lot of unprotected chair shots. It's going to be blood. It's gonna be a bunch of doors, tables getting broken. Uh, somebody's probably gonna jump off of something tall. Maybe uh, it's it's gonna it's gonna be what it is. It's gonna be fucking chaos, and it's gonna be fantastic. I think at this point, I I echo what Rick's saying about Josh in that like Josh is ready to be a big fucking star on the indies, and and eventually not the indies just a big fucking star. Uh, he looks like a million bucks. Uh, the combination of him and West together is really fucking good and I you know I don't know that so uh, having the belts for Josh is is a good thing. it's it's a big deal. I don't know that justice at this point needs to be a champion you know like I think his role is a little bit different. Uh, I I hope that Fonzie remains a constant with him because that dynamic fucking rules. But I'm excited to see both of these guys move on to things that aren't them involved in matches with each other. I also hope that eventually we get another one of these Bishop versus Justice matches because they're fucking wild. Like two years from now at a rager or something, it just pops up out of nowhere. Right. Yep. Uh, the the one thing I will say is I feel like all through this, there's been this underlying, eventually we're going to get a Wes versus Fonzie match and it's never happened. And I hope at some point that happens. I, I really hope Fonzie has like one more match left in him and him versus Wes would be just fucking great.
2: I would agree with that too. I think if their paths cross again, I kind of want it to either be spontaneous or to be some sort of bigger build of maybe uh, Jayla Cashin, maybe after a gauntlet for the gold, and it doesn't have to be after the next two. Uh, I should say of both those? It has to be after the next one, just eventually.
3: I mean, for me, it could be with neither of them having a title involved. True, and it just being a a match down the road. You know, who who knows? Uh, they've they have done. The longest storyline in the time that I've been going to AIW, like the Bishop Justice feud, has a hundred percent been the longest ongoing storyline that I've seen. It's got to be one of the longest ones in the history of AIW at this point. It's yeah. been really fucking good. Uh, during it, you've watched Josh Bishop go from like fresh out of AIW school, like basically. First match, Josh, not quite, you know what I mean? But like young, for sure, very young, Josh, to the dude who's there now who looks like a fucking champion, who looks like he should have both of those fucking belts, who's a fucking wild man who will do crazy shit, uh, but doesn't need to. You know, I think that's the other thing is, you know, because of this feud with Matt, him and Josh, Josh has done a lot of fucking crazy matches, right? I would like to see Josh do some matches that are just some straight-up fucking wrestling matches for a little while against some folks who are like just like good wrestlers. Not that Matt isn't. Matt's a really good wrestler. But just the nature of this feud has led to those two doing these fucking wild matches. I would love to see Josh for a little bit just have some fucking solid wrestling matches just to show that he's got that in him, too, because I know he does. We've seen him wrestle a regular fucking match before.
2: Are you thinking like somewhere along the lines of Bishop versus Moriarty?
3: Sure. That's a match that that could be a thing. Yeah. Uh, Bishop versus Dom. I feel like that's something that eventually has to happen, right?
2: Eventually have to revisit because that's that's something yeah, that, I, yeah. th- that I've said recently of we've watched with Bishop have two great feuds back to back. He went from having that feud with Dom going right into everything with justice.
3: Yeah. I also th- Versus Tom Lawler is probably a thing that should happen again, you know? Yep.
2: Yeah. Love to see uh I, Tom back again.
3: Yeah. I I'm really excited for what the future has for both of these dudes. This match was a great blow off to, you know, the whole the whole feud that's happened. I mean, ideally that barbed wire match I guess would have been the blow off, but uh, it kind of, you know, the the lore of these two versus each other started in that building with that jump off the balcony while they may have wrestled prior to that that was the that's like the moment right uh and it kind of feels right even though again barbed wire match is sort of the the blow off to a feud ending it sort of where it started
0: seemed fitting yeah this one kind of this one kind of put the pin in you know just kind of put the pin back in the grenade so you know it's always going to be there, and it's always going to be—it's always going to be potential as long as Bishop's got the title. That uh, justice might be there, but this—you know—taking justice out of that title picture gives us a chance for him to wrestle a lot more people. I, I always think back to the Mordecai. Um, was it Mordecai who was it? Glacier? Excuse me, Glacier Janela match where Janela was was defending the intense title. We're like, well, you know, what fun is this? Glacier is not going to beat him for the title, you know, whatever. When you take that title out of the picture with Justice, Justice can take on just about anybody that's going to come in. And, you know, then it's going to add a little bit more um, unpredictability to that match, you know, because there's no there's no title. There's no, you know, there's more of an anything can happen you know, is somebody going to be able to come in and take out, you know, the, the, you know, the, you know, the crazy guy from, from, you know, AIW, you know, we pretty much, Justice wrestles all over the place, but we've pretty much claimed him, you know, he's, he's ours. He's, you know, this is, this is his home. He's our guy. And then it's, you know, you get those guys that, that come in and, you know, who knows? Maybe things change and eventually you see, uh, you know, Justice Gage again or, or you see even, you know, some of these guys from the East Coast, uh, you know, perish the thought. But maybe you see like an RSP come back in and then Justice has got to beat the shit out of him on, you know, in Cleveland as opposed to in Jersey. Um, you know, there's lots of there's lots of possibilities for, you know, if you had your choice between two guys that 90 percent of the people are immediately going to rally behind. Justice as our guy. So,
3: well, I certainly hope it's not RSP, but I'm just throwing names out there. Sure.
2: When it comes to long storylines in, in AIW that that are this long, there's only one I can think of, but it's one of those that kind of like evolved over time to where you were able to have like it be start off as a tag team, and then it turns into a feud, and then that feud has a bunch of different wrinkles in it.
0: Yeah, razor sharp, Frankie. <laughs> I got <gotcha>. you. <laughs>
2: Well, that would, that actually would be hope and change, but that's a different story. Any other thoughts on this?
3: Hoping Frankie changes into a wizard. <laughs> fireball, fireball.
2: Uh, any other thoughts on this match?
3: No, nah, it was great. It was a great blow off to the feud. Uh, I would like that Justice put Josh over at the end. Uh, I don't know if when you watch that back, it was there or when it was aired live, if that made it. But in the building, he put Josh over and uh, it was good. I'm excited to see what happens next.
2: It was uh, Bishop getting the win over Justice. And that's the end of two straight days of live AIW shows. Any uh, final thoughts on this show and or the weekend as a whole? Start with Rick.
0: Uh, I had a great time. I only got to see the Friday show live. I saw the Thursday show online. The crowd was on fire for both. I think part of it was just being back in the building. AIW being back again. And another part of it was just being out of your house and being able to see people that you haven't seen in forever, uh, you know, being able to do that extracurriculars, go out ahead of time, go out afterwards, see everybody, uh, drink two-year-old beers that had been sitting in a cooler for um, since 2019. And um, he, just be able to talk to people one-on-one again, you know, just even seeing Stacy and his, and his, you know, his COVID haircut. And, and,
3: and- <laughs> you're the first <laughs> one to mention it so good on you for that. It, was, it
0: was it was fantastic um i don't know, just feeling normal you know I, josh goldstein and you know sam were both down for it and and you know josh said it best he said we just get back to normal just this is what we do this is the release that we need <sighs> my wife always says uh, she can tell when it's about time for me to go to a uh, a show uh, meaning a wrestling show she's like you get tense you get almost mean we're like yes because i i need to see somebody hurt somebody else with no repercussions <laughs> you know what i mean so uh, i'm glad uh i'm glad we were all able to go there uh, i can't wait to do it again in about uh about a month
2: how about you stacy
3: i echo a lot of that it was good to see a lot of people like you said the goldsteins just but so many people man like uh You know, seeing Leonard Bibbs, seeing Caden, see you know, just everybody. Getting to be in a place with everybody again the way we were used to doing, albeit slightly different, but, you know, that sort of little return to normalcy. It felt really good. Uh, I dig. I strangely dig. I realize it's a little more expensive this way, but, man, I strangely dig the only... 120 people in the Odeon like the only part of it i didn't like i said it last week nothing changed from the thursday show to the friday show is those fucking railings i get why they were back there in the merch area but i'm a very large man and i felt very like i am just in the way of everything those should fucking go for for june like i the restrictions are lifted on shit anyway just i'm with the call to like keep it low but get them things the fuck out of there uh outside of that man like i like it with the less people in there i maybe even like once a year or something once shit's back to normal maybe do a show where it's like hey we're only doing this many tickets and they're extra expensive but it's less people in the odium for this one mystery show or whatever like i i don't know i just i really dig that i i think that's and maybe that's just me you know uh not like in huge crowds <laughs> but i i dig it i don't know
2: yeah i loved uh being back to a.i.w it, it with those uh things in the merch area it kind of felt like herding cattle
3: yeah man and i'm i'm like cattle sized and it didn't leave me a lot of room and like i said i just felt in the fucking way so uh i just kind of avoided that area the whole time and didn't buy shit from anybody that's just me i'm sure for other people it was no big deal that's just like a personal weird i'm a fucking lunatic hangout
2: all right any final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go rick
0: uh you know what i got nothing we are just trying to get back to normal the only uh only thing i even look at anymore is the uh twitter every once in a while i'm on there uxwa rick and uh you know sometimes i i do enjoy reading the pod van Dam discord so uh i know stacy you're an active member <laughs> <laughs> of the lunacy that is the Pod Van Dam Show, um, I've been catching up on all my episodes of Wrestling Cheers, the AIW podcast, and Pod Van Dam. So definite, uh, definite shout out to the boys from Pod Van Dam and the good work they do. Summers, I know you've been uh, very influential lately with uh, the uh, goings on over there, which is fantastic. Uh, that just keeps getting better and better. Uh, keep up the good work. I'm enjoying everything that you've been doing. Um, it's rough with my schedule and all this work nonsense, but it's nice to hear familiar voices. Um, you know, even if it is, uh, even if it is in in recorded form. So I appreciate that all.
2: How about you, Stacey?
3: Ah, uh, if you listened last week, you already know the shit I'm gonna plug. It's super fantastic. Uh, I just released a little mini episode update to kind of give people an idea of what's coming. I will say uh, that part of what's in that, I'll repeat here, because maybe you've listened to that before this. This doesn't come out to like, Thursday, right?
2: Should come out Tuesday.
3: Oh, Tuesday? Okay. Well, later this week, anyway, uh, I'm recording with Ed, and there'll be a new Super Chan-tastic talking about Chris Chan by the end of the week. So by Friday, that'll be up and there for people to hear. And you can listen to that update to find out what else is coming. Uh, And that's, you know. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the, you know, you know where podcasts are. It's at those places. Uh, and you can find me on the Twitter at Stacy Silvers. And uh, you can find the podcast at Super Fantastic.
2: And of course, you can find myself at J Summers 330 on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram, much like you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, Twitter.com slash wrestling cheers at Instagram.com slash wrestling cheers email if you so choose desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com and we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net like i said earlier in the show please rate review and subscribe you're ever listening to this fine podcast whether it be apple podcast google podcast stitcher tune youtube spotify iheart radio pandora or podbean wrestling com, and you can find all the links for all the social media and every place you can find the show in our link tree, in this episode's show notes, you can also check out our friends on the Training Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Eurovision Showcase, the Spanish Announce Table, and Wrestling with Altitude. Check out our other podcast friends, such as Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, It's Evolution Baby, The Indie Cast, Sobros Network, Biff Radio, Off the Hop Rope, Game Marks Podcast, We Like Sports Podcast, Powerbomb Bomb Jitsu, The Spotlight Series. Fully Posable, Doing the Favor, Positively Pro Wrestling, IWTV Guide, At Odds with Wrestling, Best in the World Podcast, Marks with Mics, Dark Match Podcast, and Porch Talk. Check out our other non-podcasting friends such as thrift store Jobber, The Savage Dash, The Mystery Men, Redline Radio, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, VHS Party Tonight on Instagram, Happy Hour with Steve Guy, The Co-Host Wrestling Show, Good Company, Toy Hio, Time Capsule Toys, Stay Tough, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, Wrestle Void, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name. Well, maybe unless you're Shitty Vader. Later. Later. <laughs>